0: Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com notoverthinking not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali,
1: I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer, and you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Adrian.
0: obviously it's a girl adrian that's like welcome to yoga with adrian i'm adrian and let's have some fun in day eight of yoga with adrian today we're going to be working those abs let's get down to it <laughs> or something like that oh, okay and, yes. and at the end it's very kind of like thank you you know pat yourself on the back for showing up and you know giving this time to yourself thank you so much for watching the video namaste <laughs> and then it kind of
1: like closes that nicely it's so nice oh it's very delightful so you're saying i'm a bit like adrian
0: I'm saying your vibe is a little bit like the delightful vibe of Yoga with Adrian.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Yes. So yeah,
0: that's me. How about you? What's up? Yeah, man. Things are going. Things are going good. Um, took delivery of the of the uh, the new Tesla yesterday. Oh yeah. So that was um, fun. It's been good. I, I I've been avoiding mentioning it on the Instagram because I want to save it for the video. Mm. And I know no one listens to the podcast anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when the video comes out, probably entitled something. I think I'm going to call it something like "How I Bought." How I bought a Tesla Model 3 half price or something something like that. How did you buy a half price? I mean, it's, it's just a kind tax of, loophole. Yeah, explains all the tax loopholes when you buy stuff as a business
1: expense. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Nice. So um, you've driven the car a bit. Yeah. How does it, what were your expectations going in? So I test driven one uh, a few months ago.
0: And when test driving it, I was kind of struck by how actually it didn't feel radically different to a normal car. Right. And now that I've driven in it for several hours... It does feel subtly different to a normal car. Like there are some bits of it, like if you're driving at seventy on the motorway, where it broadly feels the same as a normal car. Mm. But it's when you're driving on on like smaller streets in town that you really notice the acceleration of it. Also, the autopilot thing is pretty cool. So so it basically drives it basically drives itself when you're on the motorway. That is pretty. Or any kind of dual carriageway, you don't even. All you have to do is keep your hands on the wheel. Yeah, and give it a little nudge every like ten seconds or so to remind it that you're still holding your hands on the wheel. But otherwise, it follows the lane markings. It make, it doesn't crash into the car in front of you. Right. You basically don't have to think at all when you were driving on motorways. What
1: was nuts. the trigger that made you decide to get a new car now?
0: Um, partly, my old car was playing up. And so about twice a month, it would just won't turn on. Uh, okay. This was a little bit annoying. Partly, it's because I've had getting a Tesla Model 3 on my bucket list for the last like three years. Really? Um, I didn't think you were like a car guy. I'm not a car
1: guy. I'm so, a tech guy. <laughs> on, <okay>. <laughs> it's tech on wheels, as MKBHD says. Right, yeah. What is, what is actually the appeal of the Tesla thing? Because, like, look, I'm not really a car guy. I wouldn't really say I'm a tech guy either. Like, I mean, I don't know, whatever. But, like, what is the, uh, yeah, what's, like, the appeal of getting this Tesla Model 3 if you're not a car guy? Uh, car guys don't get Teslas. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, like, only tech guys get Tesla. But, like, if you don't care about cars, what's, what's the sort of... Okay. So I don't care about cars, but I do spend a lot of
0: time, a lot of time driving. Okay. And I do care about tech. So I, I, I like, you know, being a, I, if you feeling like I'm an early adopter generally when it comes to tech and stuff. Okay. Um, I like things that have good user experience. Okay. And there are various tax loopholes that they let you get a Tesla for pretty reasonably priced in the UK. And
1: so it was almost a no-brainer. no brainer. No, no, no. I'm asking yeah. why you said you've been sort of fantasizing about this for the past three years. Yeah. I'm asking why is that the case? Like presumably three years ago, you weren't drooling at the tax loopholes, and you know, like it's more of like a fundamental thing that makes you fantasize for something about something. I
0: will. I fantasize about a Tesla Model Three as much as I would fantasize about the Pro Display XDR. Okay. <laughs> if, so, if that gives you an, <laughs> Exactly. If that gives you an insight into my psyche. OK, but probably more so than a pro, the Pro Display XDR, because I know I will get zero use out of a Pro Display XDR, okay. other than the fact that it's just a pretty looking screen. But given that I spend like literally hours and hours and hours and hours every week driving. Yeah, it feels like a high enough measure thing that I was like, OK, you know, if if I can make this process just like nicer mm. in in certain ways, then that would be kind of nice. OK, that makes sense. So it was like it was one of those aspirational purchases that, you know, if I were if I if I were ever to get to the point where I had so much money that I could blow yeah. X amount on a car, then it would be a Tesla Model 3.
1: OK. That's pretty cool. Mm. So we're going
0: to a few videos about that. We're going to do one about how I bought it half price. going to do a vlog video about it. i going to do a first impressions video about it. And yeah. Going to milk it for all the content you can. Absolutely. I've got to kind of make back the cost of the car with all the content. So mm. the plan is one Tesla video a month, I think, at least. Solid. So that's the main new thing that's in my life. I've named her Hermione. Oh, okay. Which I uh, told a few people about and they said, it's a bit weird, but it's very on brand. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's exactly what I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Good stuff. What are we actually talking about in this episode?
0: Uh, we're talking about how this episode is sponsored uh, by Brilliant. Brilliant is the ultimate platform, uh, online courses platform for learning anything maths, science or computer science related. You're into maths and stuff and your, your maths brethren actually think Brilliant is pretty legit, don't they?
1: Yeah, Brilliant's really good. You should definitely sign up. You know, we were at this party today and uh, someone said, actually multiple people said that, uh, Well, one of them said, so I think she said something like, I'm really, I'm just, yeah, I just don't get maths or I'm just really bad at maths, something like that. And then someone else said, uh, I feel like maths is one of those things that like you, you're You either get it or you don't. And I don't know why, but people just like, you know, I think there's a, there's generally a bit of a fixed mindset problem when it comes to learning stuff anyway, but math seems to be this special thing where everyone has like a really fixed mindset about it. Um, I think but, drawing as well. People have a fixed mindset. Yeah, yeah. Drawing and math are the two things. <laughs> languages sometimes as well. Oh, I'm I'm just really bad at language. Right? Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. But look, you should. You, there's no need for this fixed mindset. You know, you can you can get better at, at this stuff. Uh, I think it's quite useful to get better at this stuff. And and brilliant is a brilliant slash not overthinking is a good way to do it. Well, done. I think that's enough of a plug.
0: <laughs> I think that's enough of a
1: plug. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Look, we don't have a topic this week. We're just going to talk about random things that um, have been on our minds. I have a couple of things. So the first is um yeah, the first is at this party there was there were a, f- a few kids, a few children. <laughs> so you can imagine. Okay. Don't do a devious laugh when you, when you say, "Hey, there were a few kids at this party." I didn't mean that as a devious laugh. I just meant that as a like, "Here you know, everyone's thinking, "Here we go. Here we go with the kids." <laughs>
0: Think about how an uncharitable person would interpret your, your laugh after be like, I went to a party and there were some kids there. <laughs> no, but you but know, any,
1: I, you. I, I I get you. So there were some kids at the party, um, of varying ages. Uh, then I guess the, the notable ones um, were... <laughs> problematic. <laughs> notable as in the ones who were like hanging around us. <laughs> one was like four and one was uh, seven in age. And, you know... We were, we were interacting somewhat (laughs) and obviously I was thinking about, you know, I I was thinking of them as people (laughs) and taking them very seriously. (laughs) But I did find myself falling into some strange patterns and like, I found myself like really thinking about, you know, kind of overthinking (laughs) the interactions, you know. So one thing was that like, you know, I I don't know, I, I feel like maybe some people do this, some people don't. Oftentimes when you'll like, you know, when you are like meet or interact with, uh, a young kid, you might like affectionately like, you know, pat, pat their head or something, or you you know, just like stroke them a little bit, <laughs> just some like, uh, you know, friendly, uh, affectionate, physical, physical contact, you know, um, you might do something like that. Uh, and historically I, I've, I, I would have probably done something like that. Um, you know, for example, if, the kid is like standing right next to me, you know, their head will probably their head or they're like, yeah, will probably like reach up to my hand. And so, you know, you might just like put your hand on, on their shoulder or head or whatever. And say, "Oh yeah, how's it going kind of thing. Um, and I was kind of thinking, you know, at this, at this party, I was kind of thinking, well, I, I had the like instinct. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's no way to say this without sounding weird. <laughs> I thought about doing that, but then I didn't do it because I thought, hmm, I don't, know if, uh, I don't know if I don't know if I should be doing this anymore. Um, I mean, I'm actually not sure where I stand on that front, to be honest. Uh, so
0: you were thinking of patting a kid on the head, and you decided that that's inconsistent with your treating them as adults.
1: I don't know if thing. it's... I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> okay, so that was one thing. and We'll get back to that. And then the other thing was that <laughs> I um I found myself. <laughs> this is unacceptable. I found myself just like lying to one of them about my name. <laughs> just just like. As a joke, so you straight up lied to the kid about what your name was. Yes, as a like you know, like a teasing sort of joke. Paint the picture for us. <laughs> Relive the moment. All right, don't make me do it. No, okay. Well, so the kid didn't have a choice, did it? <laughs> All right. So there was like three of us. There was me, this other guy who's I don't know a few years younger than me, and then this kid who was like seven years old or something, right? And she asked the other guy what my name was and then the other guy said why don't you ask him yourself and then she asked me what my name was and then i thought uh i don't know why." i I told her my name i had the same name as the other guy you know it was it was a bit of a joke we had a bit of a laugh about it like you know she knew i wasn't you know telling the truth or whatever you sure sorry you sure i don't know maybe anyhow look i did it (laughs) I, no, I don't you feel bad enough about it <laughs> I don't know if I feel I don't know where I, I I don't know if I think it's problematic I think there is you know there is such thing as just like playful teasing or joking around or whatever right I think there is but I think in that context you're sharing an inside joke with the 18 year old guy
0: who is who's kind of with you in this group and the joke is sort of at the expense of the 8 year old this is hmm. this is you know if you imagine doing this to any other group of people <laughs> I mean, it would just be a bit problematic. Hmm. The joke is that you're clearly giving her a fake name. He knows you're giving her a fake name. She is kind of like, oh, there's some kind of joke here that I'm missing. I'm not really sure what's going on. And then kind of just like, you
1: know, embarrassedly kind of laughs because hmm. she's trying to not make you lose face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think you're taking a bit far there. But uh, OK, yeah, I think that was maybe problematic. I think that was problematic, actually. Right. I shouldn't do that. Do you think if you would called yourself Spider-Man or something instead, it
0: would have been I mean it would have been funny but what if it what, <laughs> would it have no, been it had to be there. <laughs> would it have been
1: less problematic in your in your mind. Um yeah, I guess the danger with like quote you know lying about your name being an actual name is that it might just be mis- it might mislead them. And like the goal wasn't the goal wasn't to like mislead and have you know the joke wasn't like, "Ha ha, we've tricked her," <laughs> you know. We've no, I guess her it.
0: I guess it's more a case of wanting her to be like, "No, that's not your name. That's his name."
1: Right? And kind yeah, of that, drawing it, her it's, into an it's interaction. Like, it's that. Yeah, it's that kind of. That's that's the teasing that's going on. Yeah. You know, rather than like, "Ha ha, <laughs> 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 you don't I, know my real name." <laughs> I got you now. Yeah, yeah. So, and look, I think I think that is actually how it came across, but. I don't know. I think if that if that's if that's actually how it comes across, and it's clear that you're just kind of playing around, I, mean, I don't that, think that's
0: problematic. No, sure. I mean, if that's how it comes across,
1: right? And yeah, I guess the Spider Man thing is different because, like, there's no way they'd take that seriously, and so it's clear that we're all just having a little little game. We're playing a little game.
0: So, game is I've got you now, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that's not the game. <laughs> Throwback to episode fifty three. Is it really fifty three? I think it is fifty three.
1: Okay, yeah. So look, that was one thing. I think. I think there is a danger of overthinking these things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I think that I think like that genre of like you know playing playing some playing that kind of game as long as everyone is clear on it is fine. I I think that's I think that's fine. I'm going to I'm going to go on the record and say that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. I'm sure people all around the world. Yeah, <laughs> have been unsure about how to treat their kids <laughs>
0: the last the last couple of weeks.
1: Oof. Um. Yeah, and then the, like, the sort of, you know, the t- sort of... Wanting to stroke the child <laughs> without the child's explicit consent. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a tougher one to just... <laughs> no, look, here, Look. here's the thing.
0: Are you going to appeal to, common, uh, to the uh, common law or to... Roman <laughs> s- law. Statutes <laughs> of
1: Parliament. <laughs> Maritime law. <laughs> That's a arrested development joke, if anyone watches the record look here's the thing man it's all it's just also like context dependent you know like i remember being affectionately touched or stroked as a kid i was really into it i'd love to like sit on people's laps like hug people that was my jam you know Mm. and i I definitely know kids yeah i just i definitely know kids who are into that you know like we have like a niece and nephew in pakistan they're the best man i love them and yeah we just you know they like to sit on my lap. We kind of, yeah, we we do that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope no one takes this episode out of context, right? And and yeah, that's that's like how they enjoy interacting. And I think lots of kids are like that. I'm sure some kids aren't. Yeah, look, it just depends on the context. I'm not. I'm not going to try and lay down any blanket rules here. I'm not going to fall into your trap. You know, you're trying to get me to say something. That either incriminates myself <laughs> or is a position that I then have to hold for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I'm not going to do it. I'm not trying to get you to say anything.
0: Yes, you are. I'm trying to understand why you decided to, <laughs> why you felt the urge to stroke a child against their
1: consent. It wasn't against their consent. It wasn't explicitly with their consent. <laughs> right. I think in a, in a lot of social situations, there is an element of, of <laughs> tacit consent. Impl- implied consent. Right. Um, by the fact that they're still in your lap <laughs> they're, right. they're probably consenting to the stroking <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah I don't know yeah I guess my my conclusion is that I guess it depends on context in this case I was like I was like standing there overthinking, <laughs> overthinking it I decided not to do it oh that's okay. why you had a vacant expression <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like staring at You're like, well, what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah I guess that's that so that was one thing cool I
0: I have a thing, and then we can go back to yours. All right. One of
1: my things. So um, this
0: week or is, it, is it? Is it? I think it's this week. Yeah. Um, I've been taking part in the Building a Second Brain online course by Forte Labs. Why are you whispering? Huh? Why are you whispering? I'm not whispering.
1: You're speaking really quietly. Am I?
0: Oh, I thought I was kind of I was kind of mirroring your tone. Oh, a, okay. a little bit a little bit like conspiratorial, ah. as it were. All right. Anyway, so you were. You were building a second brain this week. I was building I was building my second brain this week. Um, so this is a series of like live Zoom calls, which you're doing with like our, a thousand other people from around the world. And also I'm an alumni mentor this session, mm. uh, this kind of batch. So every week I've got a group of students who are looking to me as some sort of mentor and we're going through some of the exercises of this thing. So in my mentor session this week, I had 300 people attend it. Yeah. Um, and these are all like I was looking through the introductions thing and, you know, there was a, there's like a load of software engineers, the people from all over the world, there's some management consultants, there's some people who work at Google, people who work with creators and that, that sort, of, sort of, just like a very general broad mix of professionals who can afford to spend $2,000 on an online course right. to build a second brain. So like productivity nerds. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of looking to me to kind of lead the session. And this got me thinking a lot about imposter syndrome mm. um, and generally just how how that, how that comes about. And I have a few thoughts about imposter syndrome. So I think, I think one of them is that imposter syndrome comes when I feel like imposter syndrome is when we are in a position where we feel we don't deserve to be for whatever reason. And I think the only other circumstance, well, the, the biggest circumstance in my life where I can remember this was when I was the director of the hospital pantomime in my fifth year of medical school um the other guy who was directing it with me was like a theater like you know he was he was sick he was like you know been in a theater a his thesp. whole life He was a thesp a proper thesp uh, really funny he could sing could act blah blah blah, the, the whole shebang hmm. and i always felt very imposter syndrome-y kind of you know ostensibly co-directing with him right and i remember when i would like lead warm-ups you know we'd, we'd be doing things like Ook, Alea, and then the people would be like Ook, alea. A peri tiki yeah have you, have you done these like acting warm-ups no Okay, so imagine <laughs> I'm going to paint the picture for you. Mm-hmm. Imagine you've got everyone, all kind of fifty people in your ensemble, around you know, sort of standing in a circle with you, and you're in the middle. Okay, and now imagine you're like striking a pose, like you know, Warrior One from yoga, and looking into the distance and saying "Ook Alea," and then everyone okay. else has to strike that pose and mimic your tone okay, right and then you you might kind of like tap your chest up and, masa masa masa. Masa masa. and then you go and then everyone shouts it to the audience and you kind of repeat that as a kind of like a warm-up right and when people were the, the first time i did this when people started following me it was the most bizarre sensation in the world yeah because i guess part of me just assumed why the
1: hell would anyone be following me doing this okay. utterly stupid yeah. ridiculous exercise what well, was that part of uh, and I think they did. <laughs> you, were, I think you, before that, or may probably even now you're a little bit uptight physically, I would say. And like, so it was like striking this pose and saying the stupid thing that must've been difficult in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> and then it, but it was a case of cool. I, mean, I guess I'm doing the warm, the, the warm up this week. Yeah. Everyone kind of knows what's going on. Yeah. Someone needs to lead it. Right. I guess I'm in that position. Yeah. Um, and the thing that's similar about both these contexts is that I feel like a lot of the imposter syndrome stuff comes when we're looking at, when we're we're very much kind of looking inward, Mm -hmm. kind of like the spot the spotlight effect. Like we feel everyone else is actually judging our performance, but in fact, everyone is all probably just worried about how they're doing in the thing. Like, I I I had a strong feeling when I was directing this pantomime, and I I have evidence of this in my journal, which I I kept at the time. Oh, nice. That I get the feeling that everyone everyone in the cast looks at me and thinks kind of, well, what, what is this guy doing here? He doesn't know anything. He's not directing us properly. Yeah. Uh, but in reality, everyone in the cast is just worried about their own lines and hoping that their performance is absolutely fine. They're not in a mode where they're judging me in any sense at all. Right. And equally, when mentoring this building a second brain class with all these people who sort of seemingly were more, or less of, you know, professional people, you know, <laughs> as problematic as that as that phrase may be. Um, what do saying, you mean
1: more professional people? What do you mean? As in, as, as in like, they, it, they were older than you, basically. It, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They're older than me, and they're like, you know, high up in various different fields, and I'm just some some kid who makes videos on the internet. You know that that okay. kind of vibe.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. And they all seem <laughs> seem to be looking to me and like 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 asking very reasonable questions and sort of act actually wanting my input on this stuff. Yeah. Um. And before the session, I w- I kind of had this view of like, why why would they care what I have to say? Mm. Um. And then during the session, I kind of realised my my previous lessons from the directing the pantomime which was that actually they're all just worried you know trying to come up with the course and trying to get value out of it Mm. um so in a way in that position me as the mentor is like a different it's like it's 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 like stepping into a role Mm. like i'm giving a performance and the performance is for the benefit of the students yeah Uh, and my own ego and my own sense of self has absolutely nothing to do with it Mm. um and so that was kind of thoughts about imposter syndrome that have been floating around in my head
1: yeah that's pretty interesting yeah, I think it do, it does come come down to this like sort of inflated sense of self, really. Because I think like in most of these situations, yeah, I think the thing you said about it being a performance and a role. I think that really resonates because I think to to a large extent and look, I might be wrong here. I I think I think this this depends on the domain. I think there are certain domains in which this doesn't apply, but there are definitely certain domains in which, you know, you can be a complete non-expert. You can just like Read the handbook the day before so that the material is fresh in your head, and then you can sort of teach it to a group of people just by being like the person who's read the handbook. Yeah, the person who's read the handbook and can just like walk them through it. And crucially, the person who they have decided that I'm I'm going to be receptive to what this guy is saying, and we're not this this like group session is not going to turn into carnage because. Yeah, collectively, everyone's decided that they're going to be receptive to what you're saying, and they've decided to listen to, you know, what, yeah, you know, basically, like shut up while you talk. Mm. And so, I think oftentimes, all it takes to sort of teach, teach a group of people or to do something like this, and again, depends depends on the domain. Um, I feel like it probably applies to this domain. Um, it might not apply to other things, like I don't know, a math lesson or something, where people can actually sort of ask a difficult question that you have to answer in a sort of unique way specific to that question. Right. Stuff like that. I feel like, yeah, a a lot of this kind of stuff just comes down to the collective decision of like, all right, we're going to listen to this guy and we're going to like, you know, be receptive to what he has to say rather than like any, anyone thinking like, Hmm, who is this, who is this mental guy anyway? (laughs) You know, (laughs) How professional is he actually? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of like in school, where if you have a teacher who the class kind of respects, mm. then everyone has decided that they will do the respecting. Right. But if there are some people that don't respect it, if that tips into the majority or even a significant minority of people that don't respect the teacher and thinks they don't actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. It just become like it's, it's almost like the social contract that we implicitly signed where we agree to accept the other person as our leader
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah and
0: anytime someone uh says hang on the emperor has no clothes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. everyone else
1: is like wait a minute <laughs> yeah why, why why are they our leader yeah <laughs> yeah for sure i think like well, i think one nice term that uh sort of captures a lot of these relationships and it, it's kind of like how i try to think about these things um is to I think yeah. One one framing to sort of get rid of the self in these situations is to sort of think of yourself as a steward of what of the idea or something, rather Ooh. than as I am the I am the teacher or like yeah. I am the master. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm, rather than an I I am just a steward of these ideas. They're just like flowing through me. You know, they got to flow through someone. i like, I'm, I think yes. I think the role of steward kind of suggests that you like, you're just kind of guiding people through. Rather than like Demo- like showcasing right yeah yeah yeah, or yeah teaching yeah actively and so yeah i like, I, I think I've started to th- try and think of myself as a steward in in certain contexts, and I think that really helps kind of detach the the sort of sense of self from the whole thing
0: yeah that's interesting that's similar to the model I have in my head of how I make YouTube videos, like I think of myself as. Uh, like for, for for example, if giving advice on how to study for exams, there would be way too much imposter syndrome if I build myself as the expert, and this is how this is how it's done, right, whereas I think of myself as i th- i think in my head that hey, it's it's more like you know these ideas are here, here's what the evidence shows, you know here's what I found useful, here's what some people find you know, here, mm. here, here, here it is, take, yeah, take yeah. it or leave it which is sort of like this idea of of, of being a steward of the idea,
1: yeah. Yeah, this I think the Stuart thing is a good segue onto one of the other things I wanted to talk about, which is that, uh, so I think probably like two weeks ago now, we moved out of our flat in London for the rest of the year. My co-founder is going to Germany to spend some time with his family for a few months. And so um, we moved out a couple of weeks ago and we we threw like a big party on the final night as like a, a final huzzah <laughs> to the to the community that we've built. The Last Supper, almost. <laughs> the Last Supper kind of thing, yeah. And so we had like a bunch of people over, maybe like 20, somewhere between like 20 and 25 people over or something, which was like way bigger than um, any gathering we'd hosted before. Um, and I think ordinarily, I'm not a huge fan of big gatherings. Like I much prefer the sort of smaller dinners with maybe like six people or something. Uh, but we thought, okay, we'll, we'll try it out and see, see what the vibe is. And I think part of me was kind of, you know, I think we had a bunch of people there. I think people were kind of having a good time. And as the host, I think like part of me was kind of thinking, well, I think, I think my default sort of thing is like, oh, you know, I want to like, I want to sort of have good interactions with people and stuff. And like, oh, I want to like be, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I want to like be funny and, you know, all that kind of thing. And then I, I sort of felt myself sort of thinking that a little bit. And then, and then I kind of stopped myself I was thinking, no, no, that, that, that's a silly way to look at it. I think my role as a host is really just to be a, a steward of bringing, bringing these people together. Mm. And that's like, that's what, that's what matters here. Um, and I think, yeah, like during the, during the night um, for most of it, yeah, you kind of move around, make sure everyone's happy, comfortable, make introductions, you know, grease the grease, the wheels a bit, but you don't really get a chance to really sit down and properly chat to any people in particular. Um, but I think like seeing, seeing the role as like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a steward here. You know, I'm, this isn't about me. This is about bringing people together. Right. I think, I think that was like a, a nice framing. Um, and it's, yeah, it was, it was definitely a different vibe to the usual kind of intimate dinner sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I think it, I think the intimate dinner, the, the appeal is kind of like, you know, we're all going to sort of, we're going to deeply connect and mm. make, pro, you know, make progress on, on big ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <of course. laughs> Um, uh, well, like how we treat children for example yeah for sure for sure uh <laughs> you know <laughs> just as a hypothetical <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i yeah i think that that's kind of the appeal of uh an intimate sort of dinner but and and previously i, I never really liked these kinds of things uh i don't know if I, I, do you to, I don't know if i would like it as an attendee but i think as a host it's a different vibe because uh it's really just it's like the honor of bringing people together and mm. and helping other people have a good time and it's it's like a uh, an act of service, really.
0: Yeah, you're stepping outside of the self,
1: right? Yeah, to facilitate this, right? You're, yeah, you're gathering ex- exactly, um, and that's like a very nice kind of vibe in itself. And so I was kind of, I was kind of thinking that you know actually a big thing like this maybe once every six weeks would be quite fun, and then smaller dinners like once a week or something. Yeah. And then the nice thing is like, so I don't know, people start arriving, uh, I don't know like seven seven p.m. or something, seven seven thirty, and then I think by like by like eleven or midnight, most most people had left. And then there was like a, a core group of believers who were still there uh, until I don't know, like two AM or something. And then there were like sufficiently small numbers that everyone was kind of chilling intimately, and, and so you still get a bit of that vibe. Mm. And so I think, I think previously, where, yeah, previously when I thought about like big gathering type things in my head, it's like oh, there's all this like mingling and stuff, and you know, I don't know, maybe I'm not too into that. I don't mind it, to be honest. But I kind of see that as like that's just like the warm up for like the the true believers kind of after party sort of sesh um, where the the wheels are greased um, and the good stuff comes out.
0: Yeah, this reminds me vividly of an experience I had in my third year. So at the start of my third year, in 2014 it would have been, when I had just become president of the Cambridge University Pakistan Society uh, and our friend Zane was the vice president of the society. And we hosted like a fresher's sort of chill type meet and greet uh, in Emmanuel College. And then we had like the after party in my room, which like sort of between 20 and 30 people were piled into my room kind of for this after party. And... I remember having like vividly having this experience of because I think at university like when you're a fresher in that in, in those sorts of contexts it's all like fresh and exciting and it's new and everyone wants to meet you when you're a second year you are the person who is make, who is like meeting all the freshers and doing all and sort of being kind of the the social butterfly as a second year right so when I and and so I've kind of very readily f- F- fell into those roles in my first and second year, respectively. Yeah. Then in my third year, when I was the president of the society, and I'd you know I'd been the guy who'd been there for the longest amount of time, yeah. it was very much more a steward role. Mm. And I remember, so we, it it came to like we'd we'd ordered pizza and and someone had to go and collect them, and we were thinking, huh, it, it makes sense actually for me and Zane to just run over to the pizza place and and collect the pizzas because we're here to kind of facilitate this vibe. Yeah. And I remember having this chat with him as we were, we were, we were walking there thinking that this feels kind of weird because yeah. w- like this is, this isn't about us anymore. This is actually about just bringing this group of people together mm-hmm. and they're all having fun without us. And we're yeah. just providing the venue food, providing the food yeah, and, providing yeah, the yeah. <laughs> and just kind of just generally making sure no one feels left out. Yeah. Um, which was interesting, but it, 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 it's also a very kind of a zen feeling. Mm. I, I sort of imagine like, like imagine you're hosting like a cocktail party or something. Yeah. And then you kind of stand on the podium and just kind of look around and you kind of smile yeah, at everybody yeah. like, yeah, people yeah. are having a good time. Yeah,
1: exactly. yeah. And it's yeah. like
0: a really nice feeling. Yeah. Um, and even then, you know, after m- most people had left by midnight. There were a core group of people, kind of me and my, my closest friend and, and, and a few random freshers who didn't have anything else to do that night. And so yeah. they chilled. Um, so I think it was nice to have the option of, extending it to a more like intimate thing Mm. yeah steward rather than expert
1: yeah i I think like thinking of oneself as a, I think it's just a helpful frame in a lot of contexts where we might not expect Hmm. um yeah like with this kids thing right like you know i really you You want an expert you're a steward of the idea i'm 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 a steward of the idea uh, there's this quote of like you know people don't have ideas ideas have people or whatever and i, th- I think I, subscribe. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't heard that one. Oh, okay well that's good yeah <laughs> so how does the quote go <laughs> that's a quote. uh yeah so like yeah i think in, lo- in lots of settings the the steward framing uh is is sort of more appropriate than the self-centered framing and um yeah that's something i will be uh meditating on
0: I wonder, are there now that i
1: think of it are there any circumstances where the self centered framing is actually helpful relative to a steward framing i so like okay the thing about the thing about social interaction is you know it takes two to tango mm-hmm. there is yourself and then there there is the other person the themselves who who to thunk it? write that down <laughs> um, yeah, and so like there's definitely some some set, some semblance of self in like a one to one interaction with someone else right and like i don't think i don't think it's crazy to sort of be be aware of yourself in, in that kind of thing hmm. so like i think there definitely is a place for uh, self-centered has negative connotations hmm. but a more self-centric <laughs> <laughs> you know just a self-aware self self what's the word, what's the word right whatever there, there there's a role for the self <laughs> hmm. but i suspect our default is to um, sort of strongly play that role more so than we need to and in more more situations than is uh required hmm. yeah mate my thing stopped recording why do your phone stop recording i think it stops at 30 minutes or something it doesn't i didn't touch it mate all right uh, we're recording again um
0: another thing i want to talk about is that earlier today i attended a kind of zoom call which was like a kind of uh business coaching growth type mastermind call Okay. Which, I, which I've never done before. So it was me and it was these three other dudes. They all run varying degrees of internet businesses, you know, a couple of them uh, were writers, one had published like five books, one had, one was working on some courses and coaching and consulting and you know, generally sort of making money through the, their own personal uh one-man startups essentially. Okay. And this was interesting because it's it's sort of like a a very a very specific social vibe. It's not quite like as free-foot-flowing as, for example, a dinner with friends. It's more like, okay, we're doing intros, and now everyone has got the floor for about, I don't know, 15 minutes or however long they want to take to just kind of self-centeredly talk about the problems that they're facing. And then the other people just ask them questions or give suggestions here and there, or maybe like, oh, this reminds me of an experience I had with, with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like su- surprisingly helpful. And I
1: think it was surprisingly oh. helpful for everyone. Really? Um, what I, ki- like what kind of stuff came up and what, what kind of stuff came out of it? So, for example, um, one of the guys
0: is working on his sixth book and he's been struggling to make the time to write this book uh, because he's recently got a newborn child and, you know. Yeah, whom who he takes seriously. Of course. Yeah. Um, I think the child is... Probably at the age where I it's, it's, it's like four months old. Okay. I don't know to what extent you can take a four months old seriously, but right, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll park that <laughs> for now. I'm sure he's taking the child seriously. He's taking the child so seriously to the point where he, <laughs> does, he feels like he doesn't have the time to write this book. Okay, yeah. And so the thing that he came to, uh, he said to the group, is like, yeah, I'm I'm just really struggling with, with like general productivity and like finding finding the time to talk about this thing mm. uh, to okay, kind of write this book. Yeah and it was interesting because there was um one of one of the other guys is working on his youtube channel and said that the the thing that he struggles with is kind of he's got like all these different things going on the side like speaking consulting writing books and things but he wanted to work on this youtube channel and he said the thing he's struggling with is kind of just making the time and sort of getting into the flow state and sitting down to do the thing and then mm. we all kind of shared some views on that and sort of made like a sort of uh a, a commitment to the group that okay like everyone has an action point So for me, it involves uh, setting up a landing page for this new course that I'm I'm working on for one of the other guys. It involves writing the first draft of the introduction and first two chapters of his book. Uh, For one of them, it's uh, releasing um, sort of three videos a week type thing on his YouTube channel. And it was all such basic stuff. There was nothing groundbreaking at all about it. And yet I still went away from it thinking, oh, wow, this was actually like refreshingly (laughs) helpful. And I actually came away with some new insights and I am now... I now feel that because I've made a commitment to these three other random dudes on the internet mm. that I'm going to do this thing, I'm now actually going
1: to do the thing. Oh, nice. Have you, have you, have you, have you done this sort of semi-structured setup before? Semi-structured setup? No, not in like any, not in like any remotely structured way. No, I wouldn't say so. so uh, like, okay, occasionally we have like a call with you know, various like friends slash advisors of ours, um, but it's not like a group thing. It's more like us and them. That's it.
0: Yeah. So I've I'd, I'd been kind of hearing of this, of this general mastermind idea for ages because mm. a, a, a lot of tech people seem into it. Yeah. Uh, you go camping to, I don't know, uh, Yosemite or something yeah. <laughs> with with a group of like eight people who are all working on internet businesses and you live in a cottage and yeah, that's you awesome. know every night you spend three hours. Every person has half an hour type, type situation. And everyone talks about how these are literally the best thing ever. Um, and so I tried uh, several months ago. I think I mentioned it on the pod. I tried recreating this scenario when having lunch out with some of my boys from university Oh yeah. and sort of, we all had kind of five to 10 minutes to just kind of talk about ourselves and the mm. problem, problems that we we're facing in our like personal lives and with work and stuff. And I feel like it really brought everyone closer together and it gave us the opportunity to talk about things that ordinarily wouldn't have necessarily come up. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. One of them is talking about how he hates a job and is like this and that. Another one talking about how he's struggling with like visa issues and mm. he doesn't know where his life is going and, this sort of stuff that doesn't tend to come up yeah. very very organically in, in, in conversation.
1: Yeah, I think there's like the general, I know I certainly feel this, maybe other people feel it too, there's like a general sense of like, I shouldn't talk about myself and like, th- there are appropriate times and places to sort of start going off on one about like, your visa issues <laughs> or whatever, right? Uh, whereas I suspect like, you know, when you're with friends, I'm sure they'd love to hear about it.
0: Yeah, on... On the note of, 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 of talking about oneself as well, I sometimes have this, have this thought when I'm in a social interaction, usually it's sort of, well, it's, I, I, I've experienced this one-to-one, but also, also in a group setting where someone is talking about themselves and I feel I'm really glad someone is talking about themselves right now. And then I think, hang on, <laughs> yeah. I step outside of the interaction kind of in yeah. my head and think, yeah, this is weird. Like traditional advice for social interactions is don't spend too much time talking about yourself. And yet it almost feels like a relief, especially in a group situation where not every, mm. not many people know one another, where someone is, has right. taken the floor yeah, yeah, yeah. and is kind of moving the interaction forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I kind of think, huh, maybe I should be more okay with telling mm-hmm. a story about my, what happened to me or something. Because I feel like yeah. generally my life is quite interesting with the whole kind of YouTube stuff going on. Right. But I, always, I, I often feel a sense of, I don't want to talk about this because it feels way too self-indulgent, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And... I was talking to Molly about this, like so several months ago, complete completely randomly, and and, she, and and she mentioned how a lot of the times the stories that she tells to her friends are about me, and I was like, oh, okay. okay, and and often kind of like making fun of like s- something absurd that had that happens in my life, and I asked her why this was, and she says that it's because she feels I I lead a quite like you know a a life that is different to the life life that most of her friends lead, right, and therefore it's just like a nice thing to talk about, and people yeah. want to hear about it, yeah, 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 and so that also got me thinking that maybe. Maybe I should be 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 more open to talking about this kind of stuff. Right. But it it feels like weird to do it b- because I think for for example if you run your own startup or something and, and you're in a group of people who don't appreciate that world, right. It could come across as braggy for you to mention anything about it at all. Like hey, we, you know, if you, if you even mention that we were talking with some investors the other day, it it the you run the risk of sounding a twat. Okay, sure. Um and so that's kind of a thing in my head that okay. stops yeah, me from yeah. talking
1: about myself and I I don't know how legit it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been thinking about this recently as well. I think though no, I think it is sort of depends on the context. Uh I think like there are certain people uh who might be <clears throat> similar to you and me for whom you'd kind of, you know, the the thing you're thinking in in an interaction is like I want the other person to be like having a good time or whatever. You know, I want I I will like you know I'd I'd rather they're doing the talking than me for the most part, right? And the issue is that when you have two people interacting who both have that policy, then it gets very weird. It, then, <laughs> then like you know, it's it's suboptimal. And I yeah. I have uh, yeah I have people in my life whom um, yeah I think uh, I think yeah sometimes I I know that okay we we both have that policy and so one of us has to like you know, be proactive <laughs> yeah. and take the first step. We can't just like, <laughs> <Be> like <laughs> you know. So you
0: talk about you. Yeah. yeah. I find it very uh, jarring. I find it almost jarring when people ask me questions about myself because I feel I kind of feel like I'm the one asking the question <laughs> here.
1: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: read all the books. Yeah. I know that I should be the one doing the question asking yeah, yeah. <laughs> because to be a good conversationalist,
1: you should ask good questions. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that, look, that, I think that there is an element of that, but I think it just depends on the crowd or whatever. Like, for example... If you know there is a group of new people or whatever, and it looks like no one's going to be proactive and you know lead the conversation or something, it might be you know it might be appropriate for you to like say you know oh man you know them trains uh, <laughs> yeah how about those trains <laughs> let me tell you about the train <laughs> no oh yeah it, it, I think it, it, there are certain situations in, in which it would be perfectly appropriate for you to kind of make make the first move and vol- volunteer something about yourself uh to kind of get the ball rolling. Um and I think I think yeah it's it's just like context dependent. I think there are like yeah like if there's a group of people and they're kind of chatting or whatever <laughs> uh, there are definitely times when it's not the right context to then like volunteer <laughs> volunteer some random thing yeah. about yourself. Yeah. Uh but there are definitely times when it it's it's sort of is is good thing to do. Um and yeah like one thing that I always think is like, all right, is, it, is the other person the kind of person that's going to volunteer random stuff about themselves? Uh, if not, <laughs> like, and, and like, if they're also the kind of person who's going to generally be asking me stuff, then I should just be much more open to, you know, volunteering yeah. stuff, you know, and, and they'll, they'll be happier about it and it'll kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah. 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 It's a bit of a, a bit of yin and yang. Very good. I'm going to write that one down. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think uh, because... Mostly with like close friends, interactions tend to be more an, an exchange of statements as opposed to explicit quest, question and answer. Um, you always say this thing. I'm not sure how
1: true it is. I think it depends on like the context. Like,
0: for, for example, when you and I talk, we almost never ask one another questions. We just say stuff.
1: Yeah, sure. But if I'm like, for example, we're having brunch with my friend Mac tomorrow. Yeah. I'd probably say, hey, how's it going? How has your week been? How is X thing going that we talked about last time? You know. There's never going to be questions asked. It's not going to be exchange of statements. I guarantee it. Sure. Uh, but we, 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 slash
0: you don't see Mac very often. If it's, for example, like imagine the people that you used to talk to at school. Yeah. You would never ask them, how was last night? It's just, it's just not a thing. It would, yeah, it would so. li- just be an exchange of statements. Fine. Yeah. Fine. And that is, is how kind of like fr- close friends and family interact with one another generally. Okay, fine. And so when it come, I, I often have that in the back of my mind, kind of when, when there's a silence then I think, okay. At this point, just making like an observation about something yeah, or volunteering yeah. something about myself, which yeah. feels like tries not to feel too self-centered, mm. will kind of move things forward. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I nice. think there's definitely a place for volunteering. That's kind of the vibe. Um, at this party we were at earlier today, uh, I was trying to do the uh, <laughs> uh, the game where you don't ask what someone does. Uh, oh,
1: yeah, that was pretty easy at this party,
0: I think. Uh, so I failed it with the first dude I tried. You know, that that, that like old guy who looked like the Hulk.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Uh,
0: not, where, look, to be clear, not the Hulk. <laughs> he looked like... Uh, the, the human version of the Hulk. He looked like Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was very like, different implication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he had his slick back hair. He had a good, a good outfit. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of chatting with him a little bit back and forth. And then v- I, I, I felt like very quickly it came to a place where the ball was in my court in terms of it was now my turn to say something right and i felt like i didn't have anything to say other than so what do you what do you do
1: oh okay yeah and i was like damn no. i lost the game yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a game that i will continue to
0: endeavor endeavor
1: with wait so how did the conversation go he said you said like hi whatever presumably one of you said so how do you know the people here yeah that was the first <laughs> yeah okay and then and then name the name ball comes. was in your court at the end of that um e4 e5 kind of thing. Yeah, e4 e5 kind okay, of thing. Okay, and like, then do I, I move like, the knight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, knight c3, knight f6. Okay, yeah, yeah. And
0: then at that point, I was like, okay, let's bust open the center with d4. Okay, <laughs> and yeah. I busted open with. So what do you do? <laughs> Which actually, you know, led the interaction okay, to yeah. very like varying yeah interesting yeah, yeah. things. But I, I, I sort of felt a bit like, mm, mm. I would have liked for this. I would have liked to do more small talk. Yeah, I like <laughs> more talk, talking about, talk about nothing. nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is a quote of mine. So you can attribute that to me. Talking about nothing, as Taimur often likes to say. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm still not sure how much I buy you talking about nothing. Sorry, because talking about nothing is basically basically means small talk. No, yeah. no, it doesn't. And the majority of people would say they like to move past small talk in a conversation. And asking what do you do gives you a lot of hooks to then get other things, commonalities that you can connect on. Like he says, oh, he's 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 uh, he, he works in tech. I'll be like, oh, okay. That's automatically. Well, what kind of tech? Oh, he works for Coursera. I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> no way! It's not quite the same as Brilliant. to org for like not overthinking, but it's it's pretty good. <laughs> and it just kind of leads a conversation, and it it, it like exp, it you know <laughs> breaks open the center essentially. Mm. Whereas when you're doing the small talk, you're like kind of doing uh pawn to h six, <laughs> and then doing pawn to a three. Right, <laughs> you're just right. doing a little okay, bit of sure. these like pointless, <laughs> pointless little moves, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, that aren't actually taking the game anyway. That's a good analogy. I should write that down.
1: Let me have a think about this. I don't, I th- I don't think you've quite grasped the, the, uh, the essence of talking about nothing. Okay. Uh,
0: so we've, we've been recording for 50 minutes, so maybe we can have a think about that and discuss it in the next episode. All right, fine. Let's do that. Let's do that. Should we uh, end, <laughs> end that? <laughs> let's, read a, let's read a review. <sighs> we, are, oh, we are now rank 187 up by 21 in Apple Podcasts Australia for society and culture. Fantastic. And we now have 4.8 stars from 1,892 ratings. Thank you, everyone who's reviewed the podcast. Please do leave another review. Mm. <laughs> uh, we have a review in, from Vietnam by Zuckerberg 1207. He's the real deal. Uh, entitled "For Ali Abdal," <laughs> uh, the review says, "Thank you, best podcast ever." Oh. Okay, hang on. Here. Here's a, here's a proper one. Here is one from Ruby Start 99 from the US and A. Uh, who presumably is a she says a welcome break in my day i discovered not overthinking after hearing about it in one of ali's youtube videos with taymor while the titles are not of the clickbait type i have been pleasantly surprised by the high quality of these episodes which have been a combination of relaxing and thought provoking with a dash of humor probably from you she hasn't said that but that's like the uh, insecure part of me talking. I see. That's thanks, okay. thanks to not overthinking. I believe I've become one of those podcast people, which is great because I can list it as one of my hobbies and therefore increase my prestige amongst my peers. <laughs> Rackets, JK on the last part. But that's in all funny. seriousness, thank you so much to both of you for keeping me sane during this pandemic and keep up with the great work. Well, thank you very much, Ruby Star 99
1: You are indeed a star. That was a really good joke. And that's a, that's a good review. All right, that's it for this week. And see you next time.